Welcome to the Jesus Would Have Tweeted That Podcast, a Christian lifestyle show where just like old school testimony service, you get advice, inspiration, and encouragement as we discuss topics that strengthen your faith, family, friendships, and business with your favorite Christian innovators, leaders, artists, and influencers who love to laugh out loud and testify to the goodness of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Sharice Belton. Media, so delighted to be with you today and give you another episode of Jesus would have tweeted that. Listen, so great! I had the most amazing week full of ups and downs and all the dramatic, you know, cue the melancholy violin or whatever you want to do. But I, I just keep hearing the word of God that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. And guess what? He delivered me all the way to Friday. I hope I'm glad about it. I hope you are too. Now listen, we are talking about part two and the in, the exit strategy. This is the grand finale. This is the episode you were all waiting for. This is what I am absolutely off the cuff talking to you about. The final way that you know you're taking the wrong way if you're facing the opposite direction. Now we're definitely going to jump into that, but before we do, we got to pay a few bills. I want to shout out my girls, Latanya Brown and sister Keangela Woods with Mental Health Awareness Month at Living Waters Worship Center. Woo! Last night was phenomenal. If you guys aren't catching Thursday nights on Zoom with these two ladies talking specifically about removing the stigma of mental health uh, and behavioral health and at equipping the church with what we need to be able to fight the good fight and stay in the trenches with one another. We should be able to go to one another. The Bible tells us to confess our faults one to another that we might be healed. But if the first thing you're thinking when you read that scripture, I mean, I'm mean, i gonna, I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about me, okay? I remember reading that scripture as a young adult. It says, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. First thing I thought was, I ain't telling them my business. Right. Because the last thing you want to do is give something to somebody that, especially in an area where you're vulnerable and for them to mishandle it. And literally that's exactly what happens. You know, a lot of times if we're untrained, if we're unlearned, if we're not well-versed, um, if we haven't done the, the soul work, you know, I know there's schoolwork and there's homework but there's some soul searching that has to be done. Also, you know, we definitely, there's some people who clinically are trained. I know um, people who have their psychology degree, Sister Keangela Woods has her psychology degree. Um, and she's she's trained not only in theory, but in practicum, how to handle situations like that. But then there's the lay member like me, who the best I can do is just treat people how I want to be treated. And but if somebody, if we're not actually doing that, then what often happens is when somebody handles something to us, if somebody doesn't teach you how to treat people, the next thing you know, you're kicking it across a football field when you should have cradled it through to the finish line. 
ouch i know that hurt it cut me first believe that so you know the idea behind it is pretty simple when we're looking for an opportunity for us to go through specific things or if we're you know asking god to open a door in an area people often think there's a huge misnomer they think oh well i did good in that area and i mean it was successful what do you want from the kid you have to finish well finish well finish strong you should leave a greater or more lasting impact on your exit actually people say you know well you know first impressions count for something Sharice gee whiz but there are some people who are only good at first impressions they give you a bomb a dope an awesome first impression and then as you get to hanging out with them living with them getting to know them you be like you're actually trash you're not a good person you're just really good it's seeming like you're a good person. Anybody ever know somebody like that? They don't have relationships for very long. They go in and out of relationships. Ping pong, ping pong. Because they only know how to start it. They don't know how to maintain it. And even worse, they don't know how to end it. So when we're talking about that in the exit strategy, the number one thing I keep thinking about is you're only as good as how you end or exit somebody's gonna unfollow my podcast today I just know it I just but before you go I love you and I just I I can't make this stuff up I just well I kind of but I don't and um yeah I hope you still subscribe to my vlog Hmm, no all right see this the idea um I'm grateful to God because he pays me you know he pays the bill he takes excellent care of me so we're not worried about that I just want you to get this. It's cutting me as I'm giving it to you. Some people are only good at first impressions. You know, you meet them the first time, pow, out the gate. They're awesome. Oh my God, so great to meet you. Did we just become best friends? Yes. Oh my God, you're awesome. You're awesome. This is great. Great, great, great. All great things. And then a few things into it, you start seeing their work ethic. A few minutes into it, you start seeing that. You know, that they, you know, maybe they're not, they probably pitched it a little higher than they could actually deliver. I've been guilty of it. Circumstances and situations come up. I mean, I'm not picking on nobody. I just want you to understand something. But what you have to understand is people put a lot of effort into the first impression and they give zero cares about the last impression. And I'm going to tell you something. People will always, I think Maya Angelou said it. They'll forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So when you're going through something or you're going uh, to potentially have a relationship, a friendship, uh, we we were talking about leaving a job, leaving a church, uh, leaving a marriage, leaving, I mean, you shouldn't leave a marriage, but you know, if, if, if it comes out or if it's a relationship, a friendship, whatever the case may be, you should leave your last impression even if it means we're separated, should make that person or this situation feel like, you know, not they shouldn't be glad you're gone. They shouldn't be like, whoo, I'm glad this is over. I mean, yes, there is some relief because if it's not God ordained, if it wasn't God called, if it wasn't anointed to be what it is you thought it should have been, 
you know, definitely you should want something like that to be over because really all it was doing was taking up space and, and delaying what God really had for you. I mean, I've been in relationships like that, you know, where um, they were a filler, a, a rebound, a person who, ooh, this is going to get real icky. Boy, every time I talk, I feel like I'm just snitching on myself, just snitch, 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 snitch. Well, anyways, but I really wasn't trying to do anything meaningful right there. I'm just like, okay, well, let's, let, let me see how you do over coffee. What's your name? Todd? Great, Todd. Nice to meet you. Uh, you know, what, what's your favorite basketball team? It's not the Warriors? Oh, God. You know, but I knew better. You know, and I knew better. When you're getting ready to take an exit strategy, when it's a God-ordained exit, and you're like, this is my exodus. I am released. God will orchestrate it in a way, and I mean beautifully, in a way that's seamless, that's refreshing. He will make a way of escape. The Bible says there has no temptation taking you, but such as is common unto man. But God is faithful. He is just. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape, a way out so that you can bear it. So God always gives you an out. And when he does it, he does it beautifully. There's no hurt, harm, or injury to this person. There's no hurt, harm, or injury. Because nine times out of ten, you know, what people do is they think about exits as always a negative connotation on oh, that's where I got off sure that's where you got off and that was your stop and that was a beautiful thing and for that person now that you were moved out of the way the next thing was able to get on and carry them to their purpose so how do we know sometimes when we're just in the way you know when we've overstayed our welcome where, you know, we're like, okay, that's my exit and I can get off here, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're driving along the freeway and, you know, Siri's like, oh, get off on exit 1A. And then, you know, you're like, uh, I didn't take that exit. But then it goes rerouting. And then it goes, take exit 1B. And you're like, okay, I'll take 1B. You're just trekking along in two miles. And you're just trekking along, do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do. And then you're like, I don't really feel good about that exit. I'm going to just take another one. Take an exit. Take exit 1C, rerouting. Then you get down. Next thing you know, you're not even close to where you were supposed to be to begin with. You're not even in the vicinity. You're not even. We used to play this game when we were kids. We would hide. And then we would blindfold the person. And then we would say, if they got close to us, they were getting hotter. If they got away from us, we'd say colder, 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 hotter, 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 hotter. They go a different direction, cold, 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 cold. And then they'd be somewhere in the middle. You're kind of warm, kind of, oh, you're getting hot. You're getting hot now. The Bible says, I would that you would be hot or cold. He said, because lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And what happens is people get comfortable in this warm and fuzzy place. I don't want to quite get off here. I, I, you know, I'm cool here. I mean, nothing's right, but nothing's wrong either. Let me tell you something. Here's the news flash. It's wrong. Your comfortable space. See, I'm not declining, but I'm not growing either. If you're not growing, you're dying. 
if you're not learning, developing, growing, you're slowly declining. You might not notice it. That's like my son. We got an opportunity to visit family, and they haven't seen him in a long time. My husband and I, yeah, we've been buying him clothes and feeding him and giving him shoes and haircuts and all this. He's been around us the whole time. We haven't really noticed the change. There's a family member he hadn't seen in several years, and when they saw him and he got out of the car, they went, whoa, oh, gosh, DJ, you're huge. We ain't even feeding that boy, huh? Gee whiz, I get to shaking him on the shoulder. How are you, buddy? You're huge. You're gigantic. Ah, gee whiz. But we've been there so long with them that we didn't see the growth. I mean, you know, we didn't, I mean, we knew he was getting a little bigger, but we didn't really, it wasn't as drastic for us. So there's a time when you can be in a place and you're not cold, you're not far from God, you're not, you know, somewhere, you know, doing drugs or partying or, you know, you're not at the club twerking and, you know, you're not promiscuous, you're not parading in witchcraft or you're not completely cold, you're not way over there, but then you're at you know, you're close, so you're warm, but you're not hot. You're not fasting and praying and keeping your prayer time and reading your word and serving in your ministry. You're not, you know, orchestrating ministries and missions. You're not hot. You're not on fire, but you're just like, but I'm here. And I'm glad you're here because God can do something with what I'm here. But you're saying I'm not cold. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with just being here listen if you're not elevating if you're not ascending you're descending everything you do everything that we put our hands to do God is he's a jealous God God is a he's a great jealous. he wants us to our is himself he purchased us with the price we're blood bought you know and when he gives us something I, I can only think about the the ruler who gave his servants the talents he gave five to this one and ten to this one and one to this other fella and you know the other people multiplied and increased it and said okay we didn't know when you were coming back but with the five talents or coins you gave me I I did this and this and now I get I'm giving you back ten talents and the other one said I well you gave me ten talents and I did all these other things so you know I'm bringing you back from the ten you gave me I'm bringing you back 20 talents but then there's this one guy who says Man, he gave me this one talent, and guess what I'm about to do with it? I'm about to bury it. I'm going to sit on it. I'm about to ride this freeway till the wheels fall off, but I am not budging. I'm not going any faster. I'm not going any slower. He better be lucky I didn't stop, but I'm not doing anything more. And it's the when the ruler came back, to, he says, the parable Jesus shared, he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, you are the foolish of the most foolish one of them all. You know that I'm a prudent man, that I like to sow and reap and gather and expand. Because He, God is the God of multiplication and attraction. He's ambitious. He told us he didn't save us to be saved. He said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, he says, go ye, not sit there ye. He said, therefore, to all the nations, teaching and baptizing them, showing them everything that I taught you. We were made disciples so that we could do what? Make disciples. He told them in the garden, be ye, he said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. I'm supposed to be telling so many people about Jesus every single day. I'm supposed to be telling them Jesus saves. He could heal. He could deliver. But no, I'm going to stay in my lane. 
because there is a fear that I don't want to mess up or I mean I really can't even I haven't even got to why we don't want to get in and out of our lane I even heard somebody who was so equipped with uh with uh wanting to do stuff and with legalism oh it was driving me crazy I'm like why can't we get that done because that's not our auxiliary but it needs to be done and they're not available well I'm of the school that we just do things I just stay in my lane well that's too bad because people who stay in their lane, well-behaved saints, rarely are the saints that make the history. I'm over here taking over territories and and, and taking over areas. You know, if you're not if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, or if it's not being used, good. I'm about to use it. Even Jesus, when he saw the the, the coat tied, he told him, he said, "Go into the city, untie that coat, tell him the master have need of it. I'm gonna use what's available." And, you know, that's not, you know, I don't know how popular that opinion is, but we are to gain ground. Say it with me, gain ground. Say it with me, gain ground for the people in the back, gain ground, gain ground. We're supposed to advance the kingdom. And what ends up happening is a lot of times we get in to our jobs. We ace the interview, right? Because I'm getting back on track. We ace the interview. I'm so awesome. I'm so this. And oh my gosh, I'm going to have all these creative, innovative ideas. And I'm going to bring so much, so much visualism and so much increased. I can't even think what I was visualization and so, so much territory increase to the kingdom. This is what I'm going to do. And then we get to the job and we show up late every day. We don't perform none of the stuff we said we were going to do in the interview. Your job is not done. Let me tell you when your job is done. It's when you interview, you get the interview, you get the job, you perform the job, and then you exit well. That means you left it better than you. So when I got here, this department was making $40,000 a quarter. They were making $40,000 a a quarter. Uh, when I first started working at uh, Hawk Ridge Systems, oh, I probably said their name. Anyway, for this company, when I left them three years later, they were making $250,000 a quarter. Your exit strategy should be so good that people ask you to stay. Your exit strategy should be so strong that if asked, you could do that whole thing again, but this time with ease. When we start diving into what our next steps are and where we're going and what we're asking God for us to do. You know, God, I want you to bring me to it. My prayer is different. God, I want you to bring me to it. I want you to bring me through it. I want you to bring me up and over it and under it and back around again because then I'm being aced. People are always wondering, why do I have to keep going through this? I did well. I interviewed well. Yeah, but you didn't do the job well. Okay, then you go. Okay, I got it. I interviewed well. I did the job well. All right, good. How did you leave? How was your exit strategy? Was it open-ended and those people didn't know what they were going to do when you left? Did you have a plan for succession? Did you get elevated and promoted or did you get downgraded at the end of it? Because people think that an exit strategy is you just get off the road and that's where the sidewalk ends. I'm done. I, I mean, I ran the, the this department for 20 years and I did this and I'm done. Oh, but baby, when you get off of that exit, 
blink, blink, blink with that blinker on, honey. Because you don't want to go as fast as you were in the HOV lane. You was going 80. Then you start down till you got to the slow lane. You're down to 60. And the exit said, okay, this is where you go 30 because there's a roundabout. When you get down to 30 miles an hour and you get to that roundabout and you get to that light that's blinking, there's a fork in the road. And depending on how well you did your job and how you exited that freeway, guess what? You are either going up to elevation because you did well or you're going to a decline. Where you coming out with a flat tire, four flat tires and, a, and fumes in your tank. How well did you finish? Did you finish strong? I'm thinking of, I'm always thinking about that story of the 10 virgins and how they went out the story of the 10 virgins that uh, is in the Bible. I don't know if anybody's ever heard that story or took the time to read it, but it's literally in the Matthew, the 25th chapter and it's verses one through 13. And it talks about how the kingdom of heaven was likened unto these 10 virgins who took their lamps and they went out to meet the bridegroom, which is Jesus. Five of them were fought, were wise and five were foolish and they that were foolish they took their lamps and they took no oil with them they went empty but the wise took the oil in their vessels with the lamps and the bridegroom jesus he's waiting he they all slumbered and slept at midnight the cry was made and he said the bridegroom was ready and he cometh and it was time for you to go ye out to meet him but all the virgins arose trimmed their lamps the foolish said to the wise hey give me some of your oil for our lamps are gone out. And the wise one said, not so. Else there's not going to be enough oil in my lamps. <laughs> but go rather to them that sell some oil. Go get some of your own. And so the foolish ones, they went out to go buy some oil for their lamps. But the bridegroom had came. And they that were ready went with him to marriage. And the door was shut. Wow. The 11th verse says, afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, open up and up to us he said I know you not watch therefore for you need to know the day or the hour and the son of man cometh that's Matthew the 25th chapter verses 1 through 13 listen you don't want to have aced the interview did the job performed it well and because you had no exit strategy your oil ran out you didn't prepare for the exit I was literally, because literally what you think is, and I'm one of those people that drive on E. I'm clearly one of those people that drive on E all the time. You, The ministry that God has for you, where he's taking you, you cannot be on E. Because where you're exiting, you don't know what options are on the exit of where you're going. You're like, Trace, we was talking about doors. Now we're talking about exits and freeways. Listen, listen. Fill yourself up and make sure that your oil does not run out. Read the word of God. Say your prayers. Do the right things. I'm not here to preach to nobody. I'm here to teach somebody, to reach somebody. I don't want the mistakes because what happens is I was sitting there thinking the other day. I was like, Lord, I was going through something. I said, God, I don't want to go through this again. What do I got to get this time around? And as he began to reveal it to me, 
I really had to do some soul work. Again, not homework, not school work, soul work. I had to make sure that I was in alignment with what he said to me, what he has for me. Otherwise, otherwise I was going to leave inappropriately and I was going to have to do it again. And I said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because literally what will happen is the enemy will sit there and try to twist your arm to the point where you're like, I'm getting off right here, right now. I don't care what nobody says. It's a setup. This is why it's a setup for you to leave early because he knows you're going to have to do it again because he you can fail an exit exam. The, the, the California school system put together where kids attended the entire four years in high school, but before they left, they had to take an exit exam. And it's like, wait a minute. And the exit exam really looks a lot like the GED or something. So you can, it kind of makes you feel like, why can't I just get a GED? No. You went to school the whole four years, freshman, sophomore, junior, and a senior. You played all the activities. You played chess. We're on debate club. You're in home economics, making pumpkin pie and, and Thanksgiving. Now they want to know how much of the information you actually retained and what's your strategy to move on to the next level in your life when you get ready to go to college, trade school, or start a business or whatever. You better have a strategy of what you're going to do. When my daughter got ready to do her exit exam when she was leaving college, the, leaving high school and headed to college, she said, Mom, when I studied the exit exam, I realized that my exit strategy is going to be this. I'm going to start the test off and knock out all of my math. She said, why? Because it is one of the largest segments on the test. She said, not only is the largest segment on the test, it holds the most weight and value. So I really want to ace that because I want to give myself as much time. When I get to English and literature and the other segments, those are the segments I feel more comfortable with. They don't have the same grade or weight value in the examination and I won't need as much time. And if by chance I do miss some of those questions, they don't have the impact that they do if I miss the math portion. She had an exit strategy. I don't have to tell you that my little Doc McStuffins aced that test and graduated, as did her sister. And good God, I'm just trying to get my 12-year-old out the door as well. But there is a way, the word of God says, that seems right to a man, but the end of his death, you have to seek God and say, God, just like you got me in here, you are going to have to give me the strategy to get me out. When I was joining my church, people said, well, are you going to leave after a few rocky troubles came here and there? They said, are you leaving your church? Absolutely, positively not. I did not have the power to plant myself here, nor do I've got the power to uproot myself. And I certainly ain't going nowhere without a strategy from the most high God telling me which direction, left or right, up or down, up or over. I hope this it was an episode that helped y'all today. Listen, it was off the cuff. It was talking about the exit strategy. I wanted y'all to understand we can do nothing in and of ourselves. Everything that God equips us with, his love, his peace, his power, his anointing is what makes you and I 100% unstoppable. This is your sister Sharice. Join me next time. I hope you have a blessed day. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Jesus Would Have Tweeted That Podcast. Join us next time for more love, laughs, and inspiration. 
Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the goodness of the Lord. Go to www.unstoppablechurchmedia.com and see how you can be a featured guest on our show. Until next time, remember, God loves you, and so do we, and there's nothing you can do to stop it.